Reinholds is a social media and creative marketing agency owner, husband, father, DJ, global citizen, keynote speaker, and is proud to bring you the Reinholds Show Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Reinholds Show Podcast. Oh man, there's been some exciting things happening here at the show. Um, some great guests, some great feedback. Some great downloads. What was supposed to start, everybody knows the journey of this podcast, but what was supposed to start as just a passion project has turned into like something very, 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 very special. Um, I've had the pleasure of provoking some amazing minds, um, really just needle picking these minds and really getting into the spirit of, of really bringing out what they're about. That being said, today's episode is sponsored by Reinholds Marketing, a digital and social media uh, creative agency. If anybody uh, needs any of that stuff, you know where to find us. But without further ado, I have an amazing guest. Uh, she goes by the name uh, Lila Smith, aka uh, Say Things Better. Uh, and before I get into Lila's bio, I've talked to her uh, numerous times on LinkedIn. It seems like when I kind of got back, I, I never really was a big fan of LinkedIn, to be quite honest with you. Um, and I, I remember we were talking on Instagram. It seemed it has to be like over a year ago. It seems to me. Um, For sure. we, were, we were actually talking about writing an article or something. And you're like, well, if you write an article, I'll support it. And I think right after that, I'm like, maybe, you know, I'm going to take LinkedIn a little more serious. And man, <laughs> I can say, wow, it's it's turned into my number two platform. Um, the connections, I think even for the podcast, for my marketing agency, it's been absolutely yeah. fantastic. Um, I always remembered LinkedIn years ago as being really boring and stale. And that's just not my personality. So I, I just kind of thought I don't want to invest a lot of time into, into LinkedIn. Uh, but we will talk about all that. Uh, with that being said, Lila Smith used to think that being a professional actress would be the best way to use her love of storytelling to make a difference that mattered in the world. After spending 20 years training and 10 years professionally performing to great acclaim in NYC and around the U.S., she still felt there was more, more connection, more honesty, and more impact to be had offstage in real life. That's why Lila created Say Things Better, a five-step method of intentional communication based on the best tools she learned in theater. She now travels around the world helping people and brands to connect to their ideal communication partners. Lila Smith, welcome to the show, man! Yeah! Hey! Hey! Thank you so much for having me. Um, I know this is your your show and your format, but I have a hey immediately because of what you said about LinkedIn being stuffy. So yeah. I think that that's the case about a lot of places where people like us, creatives, energetic types, major extroverts, feel uncomfortable. We feel like we have to quiet or silence or lessen our own personality in order to have a good time somewhere. But we are the fun. Mm. <laughs> so what if we went on LinkedIn when it was stuffy and we went and had a good time anyway? Then maybe LinkedIn would have changed into what it is now sooner. So it's on us too. And that's the same with like working in pharma for me, you know, or working in uh, like other kind of compliance heavy industries. It has to be serious for some, you know, very important reasons, but we don't always have to take ourselves so seriously. Well, the responsibility always lies on us and it doesn't matter what social media platform it, it, you talk about. It's all comprised of human beings and the humans yeah. are going to drive the success or failure of the platform. So you're very yeah. right about that. Uh, a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking inside of their own mind. You have posted on your Instagram about video. You've been very upfront about having anxiety. I think you're posting at a co-working space 
not too long ago about, you know, the camera angle wasn't right or there's too much light or too much noise or the drapes weren't right or maybe you weren't right, your (laughs) hair wasn't right, the person wasn't right, the whole day was not right. And you, you know, you got emotional and you seem like somebody who's, who's extremely emotional to me. It seems like you, you could cry very quickly. You wear your I heart do. on your, yeah, you wear your heart <laughs> on your sleeve. I've never met you in person, but I can really gauge that uh, through digital. And I, you know, that's one of the oh. reasons I really do love you. I do want everybody to know on this podcast, you know, when it comes to social media and, and personal branding and all these things, Lila has created a very great following on LinkedIn and I do want to talk about this today because I think that you know I think you're like 33,000 connections strong or something like that around that number Um, but it's funny if you look at Lila's profile she doesn't post a whole hell of a lot but you are a comment beast I mean when you're going into (laughs) comments when you're commenting on other people's stuff it's truly amazing and I get the question asked so much Ryan I don't know what kind of content to create I don't know I don't know how to do this. I'm I'm a little shy. I you know I don't know. I don't like my voice. I literally had a lady the other day. God bless her heart. She sent me a message on Instagram and said, Ryan, I wish I was as comfortable and confident as you in front of camera. And I said, I don't know if it really takes that. And she said, Well, I have a frown. And she went into all the aspects of her physical face. And I responded back to her and I just said, You need to you need to love yourself. You need to just be patient with yourself and. And I get all that, but it was so... Yeah, it's easier said than done sometimes. It, it, it is, you know? but I just... I've never heard anybody talk about the frown on their face, you know, and, and little things like that. And so for, I get that. I get that stuff. It's, you know, there are things that cause anxiety for some of us that seem like a nothing for someone else. So I feel like to to say you need to love yourself, like, yes, fact, but in the moment when you're trying to get yourself over a hump, not necessarily the most helpful because those of us who feel that anxiety, like logically we get that. We know that we have a lot of long-term work to do, but there has to be something short-term immediately that's mm-hmm. going to get us onto the video right now because video is connective. Video is what brings you and I together now in um, the most connective way that we've ever communicated and we've known each other for a year. Mm-hmm. So to be now face-to-face finally, it does feel different. And to see a video of me in a vulnerable moment, it does make other people feel connected to me and it does share who I am and it builds trust because I'm entrusting others with what I'm going through. So they're willing to entrust me with their messaging struggles or not sure where they're going to go or where they fit in the world. Those are the kinds of conversations I need to have. So entrusting people through video is an important way for me to do that. So I've got the anxiety and I know I have a long way to go to love myself fully and to be able to just get on camera and have it not be a big deal. But you know what? I think that sometimes we preclude ourselves from opportunities that feel like a big deal because they feel like a big deal. It's okay. It's a big deal. Deal with it anyway and do it. You know what? It's I mean, and and I'm empathetic to the situation, you know, and, and, and one of the reasons I did want to have you on the podcast is that saying things better it ties into empathy in, in a way, you know, yeah. one thing the podcast for me has taught me, I've never ever been professionally trained in any kind of media company or anything like that, but essentially I'm running my own little, well, you could have uh, fooled me. Well, I, I essentially I've, I'm running my own mini radio station. I gotta, I gotta vet my, my yeah. guests. I gotta come up with show topics. I gotta promote the guests. I gotta market. I gotta edit. And it's like, Oh my God, essentially I'm kind of a producer of my own show, which I am. But one thing that I've struggled with a lot is 
even though I have a great idea or a topic I want to talk to a guest about is when I actually roll that little promo video out or that little piece, I need to word that so that it actually appeals to other people. And it's interesting because I've literally even Googled things like clickbait. Not that I want to clickbait people, but I study the psychology of why does that piece of content get so many damn clicks? Like this person wrote four words. I could see you doing something like that. Yeah, this this person wrote four words and it just blew up. And I came up with my scientific title and I thought it was beautiful. And it's like crickets. And it's been the most sobering. Like in the last year has started with we silence ourselves. And so that was the first line. And then there was more. But it, it summed up everything that I wanted to talk about. And people knew where I stood because I said that. So like, totally can see you going into the psychology of what works here and what doesn't. And it's what makes you such a brilliant marketer is that you are always trying to understand your communication partner's objective or those of your clients and their mm. communication partners. So that's the is. It's, it's something that is natural to some of us, but possible for all of us. But you know what, Lila? Here's the thing about me. If you ask my inner circle, I, I, I have two gears, business and family. And, you know, I'm a husband. I'm a father. Those are my two uh, biggest accomplishments that will ever happen to me in my whole life uh, to date. Well, you future. married Nora, so <laughs> you know, that's like probably I, the biggest accomplishment anyone's I, I, going I'm, to have. I'm, I'm married up, you know, and I, I did well. And I know. Um, I want to be you in my next life. <laughs> And, and and you've seen her food pictures and stuff. I mean, there's really nothing that she cannot do. And she's a her food she's pictures, a, her face, her the, her writing, her voice. I mean, she seems she glows in pictures. In she, pictures, she you does. can see her heart and her with the kids. I mean, honestly, I mean that. If I have my number one choice, it's to be you in my next life. <laughs> I love that. No, no, I, I I think this is huge. But I, you know, kind of going back into the wording and and how to say things and. And come up with those titles it's I'm not a big fan of people in general I'm not I I grew up playing football I'm a I'm a sports person I I had a lot of friends but what was interesting is I was somewhat of a loner you know I really enjoyed being with myself um, I find people complicate things a lot I find they complicate life a lot I'm extremely 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 protective over my inner circle uh, I do not I cannot honestly say I don't have one toxic person in my life professionally personally if I even smell it it gets cut immediately I am vicious Good with my you. time but that being mm-hmm. said you know people are like wow you don't really like people and I'm like well in, in in a sense of the word but then there's some people that I absolutely love you know and this is where the empathy sure. comes in where I'm trying to figure out you know and people have this struggle of you have all these beautiful ideas you want to say certain things but how do you really say them better? And you you commented on my post the other day and you talked about communication partner. You talked about, what is it, verb your vibe? How did you word that, the hashtag? Verb, verb your, your values. Verb your values. Verb your you values. know, and I kind of thought, what? Verb my values? What the? I, I did, yeah. I mean, verb, verb. Okay, wait a sec. What's a verb again? And I'm like, okay, verb your. Okay, okay. And then the I had to break it down. Part. So how, like, what was there one specific thing for you in your life that said, this is why I got to do this. Was it a conversation? Was oh, it something yeah. about you? It was what a was it? One. There was, so there were, okay, there were two parts of this, but the background for me is that, you know, I was a professional actress for a long time. One of the tools that I learned that I teach other people is how to pay, take their communication and make it active on purpose. We use verbs as actors before we go on the stage to determine what we're going to make our scene partner, that other actor playing that character opposite ours, 
and make them feel something. We call these tactics or actions for people who have studied the Stella Adler technique. So these people, actors, are already going on stage knowing what they want to make someone else feel because they are communicating with them. It's so simple. It is just a verb to intimidate, to connect, to dismiss, to diminish, to embrace, whatever that is. It's a verb. And so this is doing an acting forever. And I was in a relationship with somebody who would say those things to me, you know, like my intention to offend you. It wasn't my intention to make you feel so sad. It wasn't my intention for you to end up angry in this conversation or hurt. It wasn't my intention to embarrass you. Whatever those things were, it wasn't my intention. It wasn't my intention. And I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. Actors set intentions before we go on stage every single time. Why can't you, in real life, when you care about me more than anyone else in the world, just decide to uplift, to comfort, to cherish something, something that comes from your heart. If you only decide that is going to come out of your mouth, something that humiliates, diminishes, or in some way distances your communication partner, the person who is more important to you anybody that you care about, that you want to hold dear. If you feel that way about them, you set your intention. Actors have been doing it forever and so can you. But a great actor or actress is, is, a, is a very, very great manipulator. I mean, when I look at an actor or an actress, I feel like they can manipulate people's emotions to make them feel a certain way. There's no Hollywood actor like Denzel Washington in Training Day when he's like, you know, I'm going to put cases on everybody. I mean, he's manipulating me to feel such a way where I'm like, oh, my God. It's like when you go and you hear somebody stand up on stage and give it like an amazing talk, right? They're manipulating your emotions to even make you feel something. And people use They're the connecting word, to your emotions. You know, I don't, yeah, I don't like no, the word don't, manipulate, don't, even but though it, but it's, it's like changing it. Yeah, but you're. But a lot of people use this word as manipulate as a bad thing. That's humans yeah. that use the word manipulation as a bad thing. If I want to manipulate, right. if I want to manipulate uh, this cup to go and fly in the sky, if somebody didn't want to manipulate that, we'd never have airplanes. So for me, I think sure. I'm fascinated with that word manipulation as that, a technical as a technical phrase. word. So why do you think okay. it, it's why do you think it's a negative word? Like why do you feel negative towards? Because that? that's how everybody uses it. So context matters when we communicate. If you're wanting to say things better in a way that other people will understand what you're saying, you have to understand the context with which they're going to be receiving your communication. So I know manipulate in the way that we use it colloquially, and there are other like you know manipulate the results um, or manipulate the recipe. Manipulate means to change on purpose. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to do that, um, one, that's not what actors do. And I'll explain a little bit more about what's happening behind the scenes when you watch Denzel Washington in Training Day or you watch Lila Smith in Two Rooms by Lee Blessing with the Scene Place Theater Company like five years ago. Sure. <laughs> and, you know, these, these things that we do um, on stage, I'll explain them. But when we choose a word, we're choosing it not just because we like it for one meaning. We're choosing it because we know how it's going to be heard and perceived and received. Culturally, we have mores. We have a framework that gives us an entire context for most likely, if someone's using this word, this is what it means. And we use it negatively most of the time because otherwise we have words like influence. We have words like impact. We have words like transform. But in, so okay, those also I disagree. I disagree. Inf, inf, influence okay. and impact... 
when we look at some of the worst dictators of our history that did genocides and killings, we could say they had influence and impact too. Context. Sure. So when I think about manipulation, I like this word because I want to talk to you today because I think it's nice to get to the root of the matter. And I think we we take a word and this is where I'm learning. And it's I've studied a lot of other, you know, very like worthy wordsmiths, if you want to call them that. And I'm like, holy crap, the way this person talks is so eloquent, you know, but I'm then thinking, well, what is their objective? You're right. You know, and then I yeah. think for me, I'm like and just remember, I'm I'm my personality. By no means am yeah. I saying that everybody else is my personality, and I'm okay with that. But I think of things like, what is this person getting to? Like, I, I'm one of those kind of abrupt, yep. polarizing people where I'm like, so what the hell's your point? Like, get to your well, point. Well, you should have been a New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I'm, I'm the kindest person, but I'm when somebody talks so well, I'm like, what, what's your objective here? It almost sometimes can make me feel a little bit more suspicious. And I'm just, yeah. I'm, I could be a very jaded personality. I'm, I'm a curious, weird person. And I, I'm very public about that, you know? And so when you, yeah. you're a wordsmith, I mean, you're, you're a practitioner of your words. So I love, cause you, I, I see your facial expression when I use the word manipulation. So this is why I'm not going past this because you make great points. No, let's but then, stay here. But then, but then you talk about, see, this is this thing too, is that, and I want your perspective on this or opinion is influence influencer impact this influencer stuff is kind of getting for me i'm just like you know okay let's speak on that so again the context right the context for what we think of when we think of influencer has changed since it has become something that people get paid to do Mm. when you think influencer prior to the onset of social media in our society you think about who are the influencers in your life Hey everyone, I know you are enjoying this episode. As a friendly reminder, please leave a review where you are consuming this episode right now. I cannot stress how impactful and supportive this is for the show. We would really appreciate that. Also, please follow me at RyanHoltz1 on all platforms. If you would like to be a guest or you have any questions or any feedback about the show or would like some information on sponsorship opportunities for your business or for yourself, please email info at reinholtz.ca. Remember, curiosity should always be your mandate. Much love, Team Holt Squad. Who are the people who influence mm. you? And that's what it meant. Now, because of the fact that the term has taken on a meaning for people who use it every day, and that term usually corresponds with somebody who's getting paid to promote <laughs> items in their Instagram stories that they will get a commission from. <laughs> and so that's what people think of, you know, whether or not those people are influential. I mean, if they're influencing somebody to buy, to convert to an action that they weren't going to take before they saw that Instagram story, then yeah, they're an influencer. So are dictators. You know, I love that you brought that up because it goes back to my point about, you know, acting that I haven't gotten to yet, but I would love to get into that. Like, Welcome to Rhino Show Podcast. Work, oh my God, this is my favorite. Yes. Because I, I knew you would throw down. I knew you would get into it with me and that you wouldn't mince words. I love it when people just voice out exactly what they feel, their perspective. We don't have to agree, but this is the kind of discussion that is the most for let me, me tell, and that let I want to tell you this, Lila. It. Let me tell you this, Lila. This is a term of endearment. When when I I feel like when we interact with one another as human beings, the more candid and the more real we are, I take that as a compliment because 
It, yeah. I, it means it means I actually care you about safe. you right now. Well, I care about you, and I'm like, I want to know what you feel. And if you give me some fluff, I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Well, let's that for a second because that shows investment and it shows investment into your your own like what your needs are. When you start thinking about your own objectives too, what you need from your relationships. And you're honoring those by giving someone a chance to rise to a challenge that is important to you. That does show care. So I love it. I love it when people entrust me with the opportunity to connect with them on their level. And that doesn't mean I have to agree, but it means that they are opening up to me from a vulnerable position because, you know, I know like what I'm doing too. You know what you're doing. And we're having this, this conversation from our realist, least edited selves. So we had to do like a year of getting to know each other before we knew we could be comfortable doing that. And because of that, getting in this conversation now, I knew I would be completely comfortable saying everything that I really felt to you and to your listeners and that they are here for that. Why do you think that is, Lila? Like, why do you think just because I mean, I know we've talked, but why specifically? Like, why are you like? I, you know, I, I'm going to give Ryan, I'm going to share that space of me with Ryan. Like what, what makes you do that over the year? What is, is it certain things or just, just photos? Yeah, or what what, is, what does that? Partner. Um, you're my communication partner. To me, that means a certain set of things, but in general, it is somebody that I feel really could benefit from what I bring to the table. Um, that I have something to teach them and they like me as a person. You've given me positive words of affirmation before. You've commented with support. You've asked me questions showing interest in what I have to say. In fact, on your LinkedIn posts about anything, even there there was something about a bear in your backyard, some (laughs) Canadian thing. And I was like, (laughs) we got into something. And I commented to you and then you had a series that you were like, okay, first of all, I need to think about this because you've given me a lot to unpack. Yeah. you know, you could have just been saying that, but you went and did it. Yeah. You went away and you came back. And I think it was like 15 minutes later. I think you had gone immediately after saying, I need to unpack what you just said, unpacked it, came back and gave such an insightful response that your response elicited from me even more detail, even more passion and even more connection to my own message that I copied my comment in response to yours and pasted it into a note in my iPhone where I'm writing the Say Things Better book. You bring out the passionate part of me about what I do and what I bring to a conversation. And you have done it for a year and I've been a subscriber to your podcasts and I've heard you do it before. I've heard you do it recently with Jordana Goldblitz. I've heard you do it with uh, Natalia Wichowski. You know, like I've heard you do it with a bunch of people that I respect and I know that you do it with me. Mm, that's great. You know, it's interesting because you do, you do like, it's funny, LinkedIn. And one of the reasons I do like LinkedIn is I think the intellectuality and quality of the comments is like any other platform out there. Like if you look on Instagram, you're not getting those paragraph type of comments, but LinkedIn is like, I find I write LinkedIn, them. <laughs> well, you do and you're an exception. But for me, I just find LinkedIn is so intellectual where, you know, when people actually invest the, the, the degree of comments that I get sometimes, or I see on other people's posts, you write this long thing and I'm like, I, 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 I I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware of myself. I have, to, yeah. I have, I'll acknowledge you and say, thanks for your comment. I got to think about this. Cause I don't even want to just fire back right away. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I got to analyze that comment a bit, you know? And I like, and I can always tell people that are like, well, I'm just going to comment. 
cool, you know. But then there's people that are like, no, I'm going to go a step further. So I appreciate you brought that up. Um, manipulation. You, know, you can get that on. Let's get back to manipulation in one, like in one second, because I think it's so important. And I want to talk to you about what's actually happening in acting and from dictators' perspectives. Be not what you think. So, but first, this thing about commenting and what you see or you don't see. Mm. I think it's what you put into it. I think that you get back what you put in, and I mean that on any platform. So if you go to that post that I put up on Instagram showing people something that I made in private to send to only two friends about my anxiety and what it was that was happening for me, what the triggers were, what the process was in the moment that I was feeling it, following four hours of a mental breakdown, I Mm. sent this to just two friends. They were my safe space, and one of them, Shar Auckland, suggested that I share it publicly because she thought it would connect to other people Mm. because I did because I said fine here look this is what the real deal is behind every video that I do by myself I'm going through all of this stuff in my head and sharing that from a place of clearly vulnerability because I have a real community I have real engagement Mm. I've built that community through engaging myself and if you look at the comments on that post you'll see parents You'll see people opening up struggles. You'll see people connecting from a place of their deepest vulnerability because I started with mine. Mm, I like that. I, I do like that. Why LinkedIn for you? Like, is LinkedIn, how long have you been active on LinkedIn? I, I should ask you that. Uh, so I've been a member since 2011 of yeah. LinkedIn. Uh, I've been uh, actively commenting every single day uh, since June 1st, 2017. And I haven't skipped a single day, not during illness, not while I had a concussion, not during times of like family funerals or holidays. Every single day I'm on there every day, weekends, everything. So tell us a little little bit about Lila. Like I I don't, I think I, I don't, I know, I know what you show, but you're not married. You have mom and dad or where are you originally born? Like give us a little bit of you you know just what's your do you eat craft dinner sure. do you like weird socks yeah. do you have some pet yes. peeves that you hate are you sloppy yes. are you very clean like what what is tell us about you <laughs> okay you can have you can have all of it i'm an open book and i have nothing to hide about my life i mean i don't usually talk about a lot of personal stuff on linkedin sure. but i feel like people who are here listening to a full episode of me talking to you are people who are more invested in what comes out of this kind of conversation. So I'm willing to invest back in them sharing more of my personal stuff. And people who like have followed me from LinkedIn and have watched this, those people are invested in me. And they trust me enough to come and be here and to have made it, I don't know, um, 40 minutes almost into a conversation that we've been having. So if that's the case, I'm willing to tell everything that they wanna know. And if you think people want the personal stuff, you can have it all. <laughs> so I was born and raised in New York City. I moved to Dallas uh, about a year ago because I met a bunch of people on LinkedIn who made me feel comfortable having big ideas. Mm. And I felt like this was where I needed to be in order to grow, expand, shine, and invest in myself and in say things better. But back in New York City, uh, my favorite things to do are eating (laughs) like all the good stuff and there is the best stuff there i like to see live performances i was an actress forever too so i used to get a ton of free tickets to things you know we would like kind of comp each other in you come to my show i'll go to yours here's a ticket here's a ticket Uh, i love experiences i don't really need a lot of stuff 
although I used to have a lot of stuff when I wasn't internally fulfilled. Since becoming internally fulfilled, all the external stuff around me has become far less important. So I'm not accumulating it as much anymore. So I used to be really messy because I don't have the time to be that organized about my stuff. But Mm. now I'm really not because I don't have that much stuff anymore. I just, I'm out there in the world. I'm traveling around and I don't have my stuff with me. I just have me with me when I go places. So I don't need as much stuff to affirm that that's important. Is there anything that you're like is non-negotiable that's really shallow that you're like, this is the one thing I just love. Some people love a car. They love a watch. (laughs) Maybe, maybe they want to pedicure. Maybe they want a pedicure, no, manicure. Is there is there any yeah, is mean, there a few I get my that... hair done? Yeah. I like yeah, I mean I got my hair done yesterday, knowing that I would be on the Ryan Holt podcast. Oh, there we go. There we go. I appreciate that. It looks fantastic. Thanks. <laughs> That's awesome. That's know? awesome. Like, That's awesome. That is unpaid. That is an unpaid ad. I'm gonna That's send them an invoice. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I um, I have a lot of non-negotiables. I don't have a lot of stuff. Stuff I have is important to me that it be at a certain level. So one of those things is my hair. You know, because I do video content and I have anxiety about certain parts of how I look or show up on video. Way, way, way more important to me to have whatever it is that I need to feel comfortable on video. And if that means paying to get my hair done, I'll do it, I'll pay for it. And I'll go to the same place with the same people. I like nice towels, you know, but I would say that like I could deal with a not nice towel. What I cannot deal with is cheap toilet paper. So, <laughs> yeah, that's sorry, so true. One ply shit at your house, like that's not, <laughs> that's not that's hospitable. That's so true, <laughs> that is so you know? true. We're a three to four ply minimum household here at the Team yes! Holtz Land. I'm, I'm telling you, yeah, and I, and I, none of this, none of this, only six squares. You can use unlimited squares. You don't. You, uh, ever you want. <laughs> this is not where you save. This is not where you save the planet. This is not where you like save your money. This is an experience that you are guaranteed to have every single day if you're healthy. You know. It's so. so it's then. so funny. I we always say we're like one ply users out there. I hope you're carrying around a lint brush because I know you got that little white crap that's just fraying off. To me, a good good tissue and good toilet paper does not fray off like that. You know what I'm saying here. I know it's one ply when I'm like, oh my God, I got a black shiny needle and brush. How did I get from my butt to my shoulder? I didn't want to know how that got there. And I know furthermore, that stuff went through the air. <laughs> I like that. You know what? I find it aggressive. <laughs> if someone's like in there and you can tell like, like what they expect you. Like, yeah. That it's just an insult, and I, I'll tell you a funny story about Tiffany. You know Tiffany and Company, the major yeah, jewelry yeah, brand. Yeah. The people, are, the, the height of certain people's extent of like what they know about jewelry. And I used to, as an actor, be in Manhattan all day doing four or five auditions, sometimes running around to different parts of the city. And in between, I wasn't going forty-five minutes all the way back to Brooklyn where I lived just in the middle of things. So I would walk around Manhattan, find some places to go. And sometimes that means just like finding a bathroom that you can use. Mm. So I would go to Tiffany. I would walk up by Central Park and I would walk over to the Plaza Hotel and I would walk to the Apple store and I would walk over to Tiffany's and I would and I would say like, okay, well, Tiffany's, I know their bathrooms, which are upstairs, 
you have like the full stall, like the European bathroom, where you have a door that opens and closes and gives you real privacy. So I like that about it, you know, and it was like beautiful marble walls and gold handles on things and like, or like silver and, you know, this is all beautiful. And they had that one ply toilet paper. And I was like, come on, Tiffany, you want to tell me you don't have the money for some two ply, three ply toilet paper at your luxury brand flagship store in Manhattan, in New York, where all the money in the world is collected and is paying for your stuff. Like, really, up your game. You know I'm calling pet, out Tiffany and Co. It's, it's funny. I should share a story. I have a, I have a pet peeve. When I go to a washroom in a public place, I cannot wash my hands without lotioning them right after. You know, I call this... Really? I, yeah, I call this... This is, this is black uh, first world problems. I'm Jamaican and German. But as a black person, okay. your, hair, your skin is dark. So if water touches my skin, I mean, I start looking scaly. Lotion is like the essence of black culture, you know, like how, understanding how curly hair works <laughs> and Middle Eastern yeah. and all these different cultures that have yeah. this kind of textured of hair. That being said, when I met Nora, I met Nora through a friend, but I didn't really know her, but I actually seen Nora in the club like 10 years prior to marrying her. But I always noticed the way Nora <laughs> would dance. So I would go to the clubs all the time with my brother. I bet. And we would just, you know, I would look at him and be like, man, you know, I used to do okay with the ladies, you know, I used to do okay. And, um, but Nora would always just kind of like walk by me and I'm like, what the heck? But it's interesting. We talk about <laughs> it because, this girl? <laughs> yeah, because we talk about it now and we're like, if we met each other at that phase, maybe we wouldn't be where we are now. So it's interesting how mm-hmm. life works. But, you know, circling all the way forward, uh, finally met her, kind of said like, let's go, let's, I just want to meet you. I want to see you. I want to see you in person. Didn't go on any date, nothing like that. And then she said, well, I'm busy. And I said, well, when's your break at work? I'll come drive to your workplace. You come outside, hop in the car, I'll bring you a tea or something, right? So she's like, okay, cool. So I did that. So I get to the parking lot, but I got to her work before she got to work. And I have this thing about people being late. So I I sent her a message and I'm like, well, you're late. Like, I'm here already. Like, I thought you'd be here. And I already got the tea waiting. So the way I sit in my car or whatever, you know, I like to sit low. So she's like, she pulled up and she's like, oh my God, this guy is really short, but I'm not short, but I was sitting down in the vehicle. So anyway, she gets, I said, well, come on, come into the vehicle. So she's wearing these sandals and I'm a foot person. First thing I noticed, even in in winter time, I'm like, take off the boot, take off the sock. So then she, you know, (laughs) she gets so comfortable in my vehicle. She. She pulls her foot out of her sandal, just like puts her foot on the chair, like just like she's sitting on a couch at home or something. And the first thing I noticed was, I said, your heels are kind of dry. So she's like, you did well, it. I did. So she's this like, even well, a date. you're like, you're late and your heels are dry. Yeah. You sound like a chopper. It yeah. is a miracle. She I, I know. I, I know. Like so I then mean, she asked me, she's like, well, you think I just carry lotion around? Do you have any lotion? I'm like, actually, I do. I always carry white grandpa mints and lotion in my middle console, my car with cologne all the time. So I pulled this lotion. She takes the lotion from me, squirts it in her hat, starts rubbing her feet like a G. Like, not like, like didn't even miss a beat. I was like, oh my God, there's wow. something here. That there's, is and, it, and the conversation just flowed. And that was yeah. it. So, so when you talk about toilet paper and all these things, I, I yeah. totally agree with you. Flipping but you know script. what? That showed immediately that she was your communication partner. Because <laughs> you start off conversation with Lila Smith that yeah. way. I'm getting out of the car. I'm closing the door. And I'm going to go tell all my friends 
you would not believe this wasn't even a date. He asked me to meet him in the parking lot by my work. He brought tea. I was two minutes late. And then he was like, yo, not only are you late to meet me of all people like King Ryan Holt, but you got ashy heels. So like Lila, Lila, but the context. Listen, you never know. Maybe, maybe I sold it to you. You could have said, you might have said, man, Ryan is kind of, he's weird, you know, kind of saying like he's late and stuff, but you never know. Maybe the smile, maybe you get in, you're like, okay, I understand he's kind of weird, but let's give this just one shot. No? (laughs) No, because I'm not, I'm not the woman for you and Nora holds (laughs) it. This is the thing. Like if somebody starts off with me talking about being late, like I, I'm not late. But I need people who can be flexible with me. And that would be a red flag for me immediately. If somebody starts that way without giving me the benefit of the doubt um, or like at least a grace period. You know, it's also too early for you to be concerned. So I don't want to hear any of your listeners be like, what if he just was worried that you got into a car accident? Like, it's been two (laughs) minutes, you know, like chill. You are not my mother. You are not like and even my mother, you know, two minutes, she wouldn't worry that I had died or anything. So it's not that. So that's the thing. You have to be yourself and see how other people show up. You have to see who's magnetized to you, your messaging, your communication. You verb your values. Don't verb mine. You know, if your values are like to poke or, you know, to to amuse or to entertain, that might be you. To Mm. challenge might be you. And Nora is somebody who like if you start with to challenge, she might be like, okay, let's go. I can roll with that. Or she mm. might not even see it as a challenge because she's probably a lot easier than I am. Nora's a Nora's a slugger. Nora is uh Nora is yeah. um Nora is brutal. Like give it right back. She's she's brutal. And you know, I, I, I feel like at the beginning, Nora's always Nora is like a coconut, you know, you gotta crack the coconut and then you get the most beautiful <laughs> juice ever. And she, you know, and I'm a peach. Well, and Nora's, you know, Nora's very feminine and everything like that. But one of the reasons I love Nora, she's kind of tomboyish in a way. Like she's, me and her could kick back like complete, you know, guys. Or and then Mm -hmm. just remember, I'm very in touch with my emotions. So, you know, I grew up, I grew up getting along better with women than I did uh, men. Even though I was a big football dude or whatever, I was a guy Mm -hmm. that would like I would roll with ten women. We could go shoe shopping, and I'm right in there. Texture, tone, oh, color, well, you're palette, a guy too. skin, yeah. foundation, you're you know, eyeshadow, eyelashes, <laughs> nails. Why not to do French tips on your toes? I got it all. I can unpack it all. Okay? Oh, could you yeah. explain not to get French tips on your toes for those of the people out there in the audience who Everybody don't know who does, for French yes. You already have 10 fingers if God blessed you with 10 fingers. If you listen and you don't have 10 fingers, I love you and I I understand that life happens. But assuming you do have 10 fingers, I don't want to see 10 more fingers on your toes. What French tips do to toes is like, now you got 20 fingers. It's like an extra set of fingers. I don't want to look at your feet and then start thinking about your fingers. Like the French you tip on me you're it. a foot guy and you don't like thinking about feet as something that can no. be like okay. No, because what it does is okay, a lot of kind of feet I, guys, you know, I see, like there I are a lot of people in this world and I've met a lot of them. Well, I see the manicure and a lot of women do French tips on their nails, on their hands, and I think, hey, that's a really clean look. I like it, it's fresh. Assuming that you don't let that go too, you know, too far out of the the spectrum, but French tips on toes, you better make sure like the toe creases and everything are fully cleaned out. Because things are gonna start looking a little, Ew, toe creases. L- yeah, a little murky, oh. you know. I don't want. <laughs> okay. hit- Wait, no. Now you hit on another one of my pet peeves. My business card is a sock. Accident. 
My business card's an actual men's no, sock. Like, I'm obsessed. So I'm obsessed. Is, now I know what to get you for Christmas. You accidentally hit on another one of my pet peeves, sure. which is so ironic because I'm words and communication. There are so many words and phrases that I hate that will disgust me and that will result in like a physical wave of nausea. Ooh. Like if you say something like toe creases to me, and I don't know that anyone's ever said toe creases to me before. This Add, might it to be a, so this Add it to your list. Add it to your list. Add it to your list. It is like number two, right under ointment, which is the worst sounding word of all time. Include and I want you include that under the comment on LinkedIn that you're including in your Say Things Better book. And then under that comment, make sure you say, I want to give you a contextual example of how Ryan was verbing his values. And it disgusted me. Okay. Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Let's go back because I know it's important because we have differences of opinions about context and, and what it means bringing this up. Sure. But so like whenever there's difference, I think there's interest, especially if you have listeners who are like, oh, wait, you were going to go back to that. And let's talk. So let's talk about it. Um, but first, just some background on actors and positive motivation. So this is an, an acting lesson from, you know, many, many years of training and experience if you go on stage as a character, they are in there for what's positively in it for them, what they get out of something, mm. not what they like, you know, if, if you say, I want to hurt that person, mm. if you say, I want to put them down, that's not the end. That's not the deepest objective. There is a reason you want to hurt somebody else, even if it is, you know, let's genocide. You know, there's a reason for there's a positive motivation behind genocide. And as actors, it is our job, if we're playing dictators, if we're playing um, Idi Amin, if we're playing, uh, I don't know, like I can't think, all of a sudden I can't think of any dictators. Hitler, right? Mm. Um, He was a bad one. So Mm. like thinking Mm. of like the worst people who were very influential and manipulative. Mm. Yes, maybe they sought out to manipulate uh, any results, you know, from their communication, because they were strategic, but they were strategic because something underneath the surface of their skin, underneath even maybe their own understanding of their own motivations is something really deep. And the Mm. best actors find that positive truth and that we express on stage. Mm. You watch Denzel Washington in Training Day or you watch Lila Smith in Two Rooms, you're finding what do I as this character that makes me feel good. We are all looking for the thing that's going to make us feel good, including when we indulge in self-destructive mm. habits. Mm, mm. You're very, very you right think about that. that, that like comfort that feels mm. good. It feels good to eat comfort food, even though you know it's going to pack on some pounds. It feels good to sit in your room and be lazy and watch some TV, even though you know you have some deadlines, even though you know you need that money to pay that bill. It feels better in a moment. And that in the moment's motivation is something that you can think of like, well, what I really want is to chill and you're threatening that right now. So mm-hmm. that's in my objective is to chill or mm-hmm. my objective I want to get from you is maybe some space. Mm-hmm. So then my ver- distance, you know, so that's how it works. If we're, what do you, if we're what do you looking think to matters, what do you think matters like, more to the actor or actress, the performance they give or the uh, way the audience received the performance they gave? 
Ooh, that's such a good question. Um, I don't think that they're something you can separate. Do you want to I know think, why I asked this, though? Is that yeah. Because we're, ta- we're talking about manipulation and dictators. But, you know, we can also go on the positive side where there's people who have impacted in such a beautiful way. But there is some synergy between the two. It's just what was the motive yeah. behind it, right? But I always wonder, I guess it's it's kind of a selfish question because I wonder why do people let themselves get so impacted or quote unquote manipulated on both sides in a positive way and in a negative way? And the reason I ask that is oftentimes, like if somebody comes to you and says, Lila, I think you're amazing, gives you the most sweetest compliment. If you're not ready inside yourself to receive that compliment, you actually might guard it to a degree. And that's oh, I'm always ready to receive compliments. <laughs> but but, you, but, but but a lot but, of people yeah, don't no, receive it well. Yeah, right. you know they're or so it's used coming to coming from someone that you don't trust. You're yeah. like, why are you buttering me up right now? Like you've been you've been shitty yeah. to me for a whole year. You've been like not including me in things, and now all of a sudden, when I've conveniently recently had an international success. You show up and tell me I'm amazing when I haven't seen you show up for any of the things that meant something to me for the last year. So I understand there can be times Mm. when even a compliment feels like suspicious Mm. uh, and distracted. But to answer your question, uh, it's not just on the actors to make sure that an audience feels something. We start with a script. We start with a story that a playwright has written for a reason. Mm -hmm. And the director and production company, they choose to do that story to connect with their audience. Mm -hmm. At the first day of rehearsal and the first week for for a lot of shows, we're spending that whole time doing what's called table work. And the mm. first week's content in my mastermind and the Say Things Better mastermind is called table work. It's doing the deep work to understand what the story is. In honoring the story, in fully presenting exactly what we want that story to be, what we want to give the audience to think about, what we care about, we are all on the same page with that. Mm. But ultimately, our responsibility is to our character. And we spend that rehearsal process getting on the same page with the director and our fellow actors about here's what's going to happen on stage. Mm. If you've got Lila Smith in this role, that's going to mean something different than if we had Meryl Streep. It's going to mean something different than if we had um, Felicity Huffman. It's going Mm. to mean something different if we had Frances McDormand. And it's going to mean something different if we have Liv Tyler. Mm. You cast for a reason. I'm bringing my context. I'm bringing my personal understanding and heart and soul. When I read a word in a script, it means what it means to me Mm. in the context of the dramaturgical information that the playwright has given you clues to as an actor. They write these clues. They write a whole script of a character. You get information like um, how many words do they usually use in a sentence? Are they clipped? Or do they go on forever like Lila does? (laughs) Um, Are they somebody who uses a lot of exclamation points? What does that tell me about their level of general enthusiasm? Do they use a lot of exclamation points only around one character in the script and around everybody else you see ellipses or you see a period? Every single thing can be analyzed as an actor when you're diving deep into a script. And that information tells a story we commit to. But do you think that the performance or how it's received if you had to pick one the performance the performance now because the performance is, is about listening my so si- my listening silent to the other actor on stage and and committing to the truth 
that is my responsibility. And people will either take something away from it or not. Same as with your messaging, right? If you are committed to putting out the Ryan Holtz message and people can either like it or fall off and you're cool with that, like that's what it is. You're telling the story that you've decided to tell. Not everybody's going to resonate with that. Not everybody is going to respond positively. But if it's really that important to you to tell that story, you make sure it's important to you mm. and then you commit to it because maybe one person in the audience will have a seed of thought that's planted that two years from now will influence one of their decisions. And that decision could have an impact that makes a change in the world that your cast decided that they needed to see before they made this play happen. So committing to the truth of the role is paramount above all. I, I want 50% of people who come across my path to absolutely hate me. And I want the other 50%. And maybe they will. And I, I want don't the other 50% to love me. No, no, Wrong no. People. No, you no, no, cuz I, I I I it's weird. I have a deep connection with that. I think it's I think they matter just as much as the ones that that love me because knowing my backstory and the humble beginnings that I come from, if I didn't know how to maneuver so well and shit, there's no way I would be where I am today. People that's the one thing people yeah. have to understand. I'm so comfortable in shit. I'm so comfortable like this it's when I do my best work. And I don't yeah. You know, a lot of people, when you're going through the shit and you're young, you think, my life is horrible right now. This is really tough. And it's hindsight because I, I go back and I'm like, well, yeah, back then you didn't really think of it that way. But now you've, you know, climbed the ladder, so to speak. And now you're looking at things with a kind of more of an objective lens. And you're like, I really don't know if I'd be here if I didn't go through that. So that's why, mm-hmm. you know, I, a lot of people I've talked to, you know, you can tell a lot of people really want the majority of people to really love them. Like, I, I, I feel that. I've talked to people. They say they don't. Ah, I think they do. Like, deep down, I, they say certain things. There's trigger comments they make. There's body language moves they do. There's the way they type. There's the way they talk. And I'm just like, and I don't say it because it's not my place. But I'm like, when you stop doing that, I feel like, man, we're going to get the real you. And that's going to be explosive, right? Kind of like people. Why isn't on- it your place? Um, because I, I made it my place so much in the past. Like I have, you know, kind of came at, uh, you know, people really hard on that way. And, um, I think there's a level of wisdom for me where I kind of think, Ryan, if you really care about that person, maybe you need to assess if they're, if they should hear what you have to say to them right now, or Ryan, if maybe you wait for a different day, a different time, a different year, maybe they're, maybe they would receive it a little better. And I don't know sure. if there's so you're a right... using an EQ skill. You're using an emotional, yeah. an EQ skill of others' awareness. Yeah. Or is it about like how far are you willing to go with your time right now? Is it about like the return? Like maybe they'll be ready to receive it right now. And if they are, there'll be a return in that you'll see a result that would make you feel like they got it. When I, come at, when I come at people, there's only very few that don't run. Most run. And they don't come back. They don't Never. come back. Love it. I but love that's, it so no, much. but this is you though. But this is but just remember, be be aware. Cause you you are you are an exception. You're an exception to uh, to many things, right? But your average yeah, person okay. But okay, same as you, right? Like if we are into the challenge and other people feel put off by that, let them be put off and go listen to somebody else who has trite things to say that everybody else has already said that you can put into a poster with some kittens on a wall. That's yeah, not no, going to no. be me. No, I don't really care. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm taking your perspective wrong. But 
I don't, it's not that I care that maybe they're even upset with me or they're like, oh my God, this guy, like, this is way too much. I don't really care how they view me. Like at the end, if they want to just screw with that guy or whatever way they want to take it, that's on them. As long as I feel like I didn't morally, you know, beat you up or, you know, there's a, there's a line between being very straightforward and then disrespectful. I don't go to the disrespectful. For sure. Line, right. So as long as I feel like in my heart, I didn't go to disrespectful, you can think whatever you want. And I always do say well, that that the, in your heart thing, that's key. That's the, where you're verbing your values. Yes. So the so for me and, and I always like to leave the caveat that, hey, if you're ready to come back and talk, my door is open, you know, and I Invite. love even when people tell me, Ryan, I dislike you. I'll shake your hand because I'm like, at least I know where we stand. Like, I have so much respect for that. But it's the people that yeah. kind of slither away and they want to talk their crap and all that. I'm like, first of all, you're doing yourself no service. You're making yourself look, you know, whatever. Like, we're grown-ups, right? But you make a good point because a lot of people, when they do hear something straight on, they, they do kind of run away. I'm kind of somebody that's like, well, what's the ending, Lila? Like, what? A, like, what's the conclusion on this matter? Right. I, I have a lot so of open-ended... You have to based on your motivation. Like, if it's worth it to you to pick a fight... If it's something that's really important to you and you're like, let's say I'm challenging somebody on a racist comment that they make, I will make that challenge public. If Mm. what they made, you know, their, if their comment was public, I'll make my response public. Mm. If their comment was something, you know, in private, I'll make my response in private. Mm. Um, You know, and that's what it is. But I feel very strongly about that. And my motivation, my number one overall objective for my whole life is to empower a world of super communicators who connect rather than divide by using Mm. intentional communication. Mm. If that's my number one motivation, then all of my little tiny communication events have to be in service of that motivation. So that's how I check my work. And, you know, verb your values is the final step of five. But if you're going first motivation, second, what's my objective for right now? So am I looking to put somebody down in public because it makes me feel big? Or am I looking to educate somebody on what the other perspective is so that people who are seeing that comment know where I stand Mm. and they can either join my forces or not? But you talk about the word empowerment, too. This is where this is where I'm I'm so I'm so like we hear all these lady boss groups, girl boss groups. We, you know, you have Me Too movements, Black Lives Matter groups, all these, you know, Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matters. I, 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 for the record, be shown, and nobody can change my opinion on this. The moment you make a group, you, you are now dividing. You are not inclusive. When you say girl boss, and you're only giving that group, that, by the mere definition, is not inclusive. It's inclusive to a, it's inclusive to a sub party, to a sub group. But it's like, my wife and I, we talk about this all the time. Can you imagine I got on LinkedIn? I'm like, listen, we're making the black man only, mandingo carrying man group that's going to empower each other. It just would be like, okay. it, like, like it, it's so not inclusive. And and just you know remember, no, but is no, no, not one of everybody's values. Just remember my perspective, though. I was raised by a single mom. I love women. Like I'm, I'm my biggest hero in my life was a woman. I'm. From the male's perspective, I have I'm like, man, I've been supporting women since the day I came out of my mom's womb. So so for yeah. me, I'm like when I see these like girl boss, I'm like, don't don't get me wrong, I get it. Like I understand. And I do think I'm like, no. Some people, you know, you get a What do you uh, understand? 
Why do you think people have those groups that are not inclusive? Well, the first thing I understand is what I don't understand. And then I build off that. And then the second thing I I think I understand is that I do know that if I, you know, if, if people, I mean, people have a bad story, you know, like bad things have happened to them. And if they can walk into a room and see somebody that maybe looks like them or identifies with them, I think human nature, like we cannot not talk about human nature. Let's just cut the crap, right? Ego, all these things are involved. I think that automatically that person might have a sense of comfort. And by having that sense of comfort in that group allows them to maybe come out a little bit, which I think in that aspect is very healthy. And I'm like, listen, you know what? I think that's a great point. You know, like the, the safe space element. And context is where we know, we have learned through a series of experiences over our many years of life, each of us makes us feel safe and what doesn't. Mm. Who has made us feel oppressed and who hasn't? If you're the Black Lives Matter group, are you opening up your door to neo-Nazis to be (laughs) inclusive? You know, like probably not. If you're looking at the objective of forming the group, inclusion is not always the primary objective. And I don't think it has to be in order to be valuable and in order to accomplish something. So not everything has to be inclusive in order to be of value. No, no. But just as long as they know that they're still being divisive. Yeah. As long as as long as they're aware of that. Yeah. So I'm okay with it. Like your awareness, right? Like your awareness, too, in your messaging, if you're communicating to an audience using certain language, you know, like we've used a couple of words in the, the span of this podcast that might turn some people off. I have made the conscious decision that I'm going to be my pajamas version of myself, you know, the most comfortable, most open, talking about toilet paper, Lila, that there is. Mm. Because I'm here with you and your listeners. And there are going to be some people who are not consciously, like, turned off by it, but they might still feel something. But and there there's going to be people, people that like, love it. No. But then there's going right. to be people that and love I'm it. A decision to talk to those people. My yes. communication partner. I am consciously making that decision. Where you run into trouble is when people are not intentional about their communication. They're not intentional about their messaging and they kind of let things slip. You know, just like my partner (laughs) that I had told you about before who was always saying, well, it wasn't my intention. He's honestly so confused as to how (laughs) this miraculous event could have taken place that Mm. somehow I got upset when he told me that my dreams were not, you know, financially viable. So like, oh, but it wasn't my intention to make you feel like diminished and unsupported. Like, first of all, wasn't it like, was it really not your intention, (laughs) right? But also it's not enough. It's not enough to be unintentional about anything. We consciously make choices or we don't. If you're not consciously making choices, you're going to end up with results anyway. Communication is kinetic. It Mm. takes emotion to deliver it. You use words like deliver a speech, you know, talk to someone. Mm. Communication goes from here in my head mm. to out there where you are. It has to travel. It takes mm. a journey. There's emotion behind it and it has an impact at the end. We get to decide what that impact is going to be when we set our intentions at the beginning. Mm. Before a pitch throws a ball, they decide whether it's going to be a fastball, a curveball, or a floater. We decide how our communication is going to travel through the air and how it's going to land. Yeah. And if it doesn't yeah. land well, you, you know, assess it and see what went wrong or what didn't. But at least you're accountable to having shown up and taken responsibility for your part of that communication event. 
That's a good point, you know, because when I talk to people on the podcast, everybody asks me, like, why did you want to start a podcast? It's very simple, like, just curiosity, you know? And, I, you know, I've done so much media and radio and TV stuff, but the traditional media industry is not, you know, digital internet's kind of where it's at. I mean, and, you know, to be honest with you, I don't want a producer telling me what I can and can't say and what I can and can't cover. So I said, uh, I own a marketing agency. I can bootstrap this and put it together myself. Duh, <laughs> you know? So the way we are. But that being said... I do promote to the show that I don't edit the podcast, which I don't. I mean, I if there's only unless there's like a really bad audio part or something cuts out, I'll cut it out. But I leave everything in there purposely because I, as I'm talking to a guest, I, I'm verbally editing as I'm talking to you. And there's times if you listen to my podcast where I said something just to piss people off. Like I know it's going to just completely annoy somebody and I know it's going to annoy a few people, but it's my way of really filtering out who's going to keep riding with me and who's not. And I've had drop-off, and then I've had come-ons. And then I've had drop-off, and then I've had, like, extremely massive loyal come-ons. And I'm just like, that's that's my that's my people, you know? And Your communication partner, that, yeah. That, that, yeah, that's my I people. Mean, I share your stuff sometimes when I see it because I want people to know where I stand. <laughs> you being so firm in your values, you being so authentic to yourself and having conversations that welcome the authenticity of others. Mm. is such a good example of something that's so important to me that when I share your work, it's a statement about myself to the mm. people who follow me. That's when, like, when I share what your work is, it's not just because I like you and I'm proud of you. I want people to know what I stand for. And I stand for applauding people like you and your guests for being so open and honest and sharing from the entire self that we bring to every conversation. It's funny because you say that comment and then I... It's weird, and I've heard that before, but it, there's something about me that disconnects with that because when you say, like, oh, you're authentic, and then that brings out other other people's authenticity that you talk to. And I have had some guests that literally message me after, and they're like, listen, man, I've done 100 podcasts. Like, this one, I really enjoyed this one. Like, I felt like we were just having a conversation. And then I kind of think about mm-hmm. it, I'm like, okay. Like, I take those kind of mental notes because it's somewhat of a benchmark, too, where the guest is literally saying, there's other podcasts like I was bored man like I was I knew what I was going to say already the, 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 the questions were so scripted in a way right and then there's other mm-hmm. ones where it's like man like no we're having an actual conversation I just merely want yeah. a converse I just merely want a conversation with with another human that's literally at the core value of what yeah. I'm trying to do here but the impact that that has on people I don't think it's anything magical like in my opinion I'm like well I'm just I'm just talking we're just talking that's Lyra because- take your strengths for granted no you take your yeah. strengths for granted yeah, yeah. You, they're yeah, so easy and they're so natural to you and because you're so comfortable with shit you are probably doing this thing where if you don't equate it with a struggle you don't see accomplishment so that's this is true. something that's natural to you this is something that comes naturally and easily to you because you have built yourself up as a person through a history of being true to you and connecting to the people that you really want to connect to mm. you know what your options are you know yeah. you're constantly making a choice either to manipulate or to connect. What do you you think are the making bad that thing? choice. What do you think the bad thing, Lila, is about that? Do you think that if somebody takes their strengths for granted, that could be a bad thing? Oh, it's always a bad thing to take anything. <laughs> no, if you're not living in gratitude for, for what you have, you can forget to use it. You can forget. Hey, like, no, wait, whoa, whoa. I love, I'm so thankful for everything, though. I'm the most gratitude yeah. person, though. No, no, I, I know. No, I hear. Oh my God! Oh, wait a sec. This is and really so, uh, like you, you. So you use you. You're grateful for what you're conscious of. Yeah. But are you grateful for like? Let me give you a couple of examples. Like last week, I was in a car with my friend Kellen, 
and we were talking about just this I don't know some struggle I was having I oh it was on the day of my anxiety breakdown about video and I was on my way to go and film this and I was already preemptively like talking myself down to things and she knows me well and she knows that one of the things that helps me are my morning gratitudes and I say gratitude out loud every single morning Um, since also June 1st 2017 same as I started my LinkedIn journey I also started my gratitude journey Mm. I started with this phase of not feeling quite myself or where I fit so I thought maybe I had a gratitude problem Mm. and and you know what I did like because I wasn't putting my intention to it but it was really more of a matter of fulfillment and doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing in a relationship with someone I wasn't supposed to be in a relationship with in a city mm. I wasn't supposed to live in. Mm. I mean, it stacked up. It stacked up a lot mm. at the time. Starting with gratitudes, I can now tell you for sure, when you bring your attention to things that you are grateful for, you're more aware of your tools, you're more aware of your gifts and how you can help others and then you can use them. And also it helps you to have perspective when Mm. things do get rough. You're like, well, you know what? I don't have to get upset about all the things in the world. I can also spend some of my time in positive thought. Mm. And that grows like the most beautiful you garden Mm. that there is. So Mm. I was grateful that she said it. She said, okay, I see that you're freaking out something that you're grateful for. And I said, you know what? I'm grateful for eyelids. (laughs) You know, little like piece of skin over your eye ending in eyelashes. I said, you know, it's bright out and like, yes, I have sunglasses, but at the same time, I'm so grateful that this tiny little flimsy nothing thing makes such a difference when I close my eyes. If the sun is too bright, that I have the ability to do that. Mm. And I was grateful for that in that moment. So yeah, maybe we're all grateful for things, but if you put your attention on things that you know are special, you can also give more glory to God if that's your thing, you know, mm. that you can say, like, look at all, all the miracles around us. Mm. And if it's not your thing and you just want to be more connected to the things that are positive in your life that can take you out of being stuck and move you into something where you feel like you are more able to make an impact that's positive. Your whole day will be different. Mm. Your day will be changed and you'll build up resilience. Resilience. One of my whole, one of my whole cornerstones for, for the podcast is... And, and even just producing content, uh, you know, and people use it for business development and all that. And of course, that's going to help, you know, market and brand yourself. But, but it's my kids, you know, my I mean, when I'm gone, you know, and they're 40, 50 years old, if somebody says something about their dad, like they can't even waver on it. You know, like I dedicate a whole podcast to my son, you know, and it's for me, I'm like, how many how many kids right now would love to hear like a podcast from their great grandpa or or their dad or their mom or their or their sister or their brother. My own mom, you know, passed away when, when, you know, single mom passed away when I was 13 years old. I would love to hear my mom's voice on a podcast. I would love to have somebody interview my mom. I mean, that would that'd bring tears to my eyes. That thing would be held like gold inside my heart, you know? And, you know, yeah. that's one thing I, I always think about and I encourage people out there. I'm like, even if you don't want to do any show or whatever, I'm like, talking to your phone, man. You have no excuse. I think that, I have that. You know, not to have your kids just have, have, that. have that voice memo. Cause I think it's it's so yeah. important. And I had another guest on. He said the same thing. He said, "Man, Ryan, he's like, you know, I'm doing this stuff, but I'm like, my, he's like, my family's gonna get to hear my voice, you know. And he's like, maybe my grandkids will say yeah. like his granddad was a badass, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know like what? Whatever. I, do? I, have, uh, I have 
things recorded in voice memos on my phone. Great. I have a conversation with my grandma that I recorded. I have voicemails that I've saved and like, I hate voicemail. Like who doesn't now, right? But I have some that I've saved that I listen to when I have a moment where I need to just feel connected to someone who I can't otherwise connect to. Recording and like what you're doing here with podcasting, you're you're reaching people who are currently accessible at least to you, Mm. but might not be accessible to everyone. And Mm. you're bringing their voice and these conversations to a greater audience. Whether Mm. that's their family or their followers, Mm. you're doing a great service by having these kinds of conversations that bring out everything a person stands for in Mm. this one episode and sharing that with anybody who might connect with it. And you're preserving it in history. Well, and and it is, and it's documented. And I have a feeling, it's funny because I've had some guests that that didn't want to come on my show because I wouldn't send them questions before beforehand and i i just don't it's my it's my whole philosophy it's my whole mandate like i just won't send questions and then you know i've had a couple guests on i'm like okay they're trying to script this thing i'm like that's not that's not how we're rolling today and that's where you'll just see me start going crazy like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna start throwing hail mary bombs at you and see what what sticks and what doesn't (laughs) (laughs) see what you catch yeah i'm gonna verb my values in a big way because they're gonna be value bombs you know what i mean so it's like (laughs) verb your value bombs yeah verb your value bombs um, Lila, Lila, you say things better. What what can people do immediately to, to help them say things better? Do you have any kind of like PDF or worksheet or something that people can have access to that? Or just is there a method that they can? There's a ton of, um, there's a ton of content on my LinkedIn profile. If you go back through my posts, there's a lot of stuff that's free. You can yeah. also Google, um, you know, 10 tips, 10 days, Lila. The number 10, the word tips, the number 10, the word days. Uh, 10 tips, 10 days, Lila, or L- which is L-I-L-A. But mm. go to my website, you know, saythinksbetter.com. Find me on LinkedIn. Look mm. at my content there. When I do post on LinkedIn, and you're right, I don't post that frequently, even though I'm in the comments every day. So go look at my activity history. Go mm. look at the comments that I'm writing. That's where the value is. It's every day there for free because it comes out in conversations with people that inspire me. And mm. it's in the moment. It's the most, like, it's the most just me talking of any of the the stuff that's written out there that you can see. So if you want to learn from me, that's a great way to go about it. You can also go to the media files on my LinkedIn profile and see lots of other podcasts mm. that I've been on. Mm. You want to learn more. This, you know, learning from co- from podcasts is the cheapest way to give yourself a masterclass in someone that you admire. Straight like up. go Google Isla Smith podcast and you'll find about 50 things that are really valuable like go get those things and if you want to follow me on linkedin do it follow me at lila lasagna on instagram and you'll see some of my stuff in stories more frequently than in the feed i love it what's what's your definition of greatness you are oh you're too good you're too kind but honestly what's your definition of greatness take me out of the picture this is this is a certain moment right like if i if i'm looking for me great it's a, if I can connect myself to others and others to each other, then I think I'm great. And that doesn't mean that, you know, it has to be at an international scale, even though that's ultimately my motivation. If I can do it once in one day, if I can do it once in one year, that moment was a moment of greatness. Mm, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I love that. I love that. Um, man, this has been so good. Um, and all I need you Juicy. to say... Lo- all, it's juicy. All I need you to say is uh, is the Ryan Holt Show podcast, if you can say that for me. You want the radio announcer voice? 
This has been the Ryan Holt Show podcast. <laughs> no, no, just your normal voice. I'm going to clip together a whole bunch of these at some point. I, I like I like them. I think they're great. Is that is that the voice you're going to go with, or is that the Lila voice, or is no, that just the radio? You can, you can just have mine. The Ryan Holt Show podcast. See, that I like I like that voice better. Uh, everyone. I, lo- I love it. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Again, you know, reach out to Lila on LinkedIn. Uh, all her information is going to be in the show notes anyway. Um, saying things better really is something that I'm I'm very passionate about. I think it's I think it's I think it's in all of us that we can you know say and do things a little bit better. Lila, I appreciate your vulnerability. I appreciate your um, strong personality. I like that you can uh, you know give shots back and forth and, and have fun with it. Um, and everybody who's listening, again, I can't, you know, say thank you enough for, for really helping what's what's made the show. It's funny, you you know, you ha- everything starts out with just one little idea. Uh, and with consistency and hard work, you can really push it out. Uh, this podcast, I people come on the show and I'm like, I have learned way more from them than they've learned from me. I, I feel this show, if I could give it one word, would be completely humbling. The amount of just... There's so many smart people out there that are amazing people. So, um, again, again, please uh, subscribe, write a review wherever you consume your podcast. Always remember, always remember, please email info at rhinos.ca if you have any questions, concerns, or would like to be a guest on the show. And remember, on behalf of my whole family, the Team Hold Squad, we all love you. And just remember, curiosity should always be your mandate. Lila, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me.